Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 192. And today I am really excited. No, I don't mean I'm just really excited. I'm really excited that you're here, number one. And welcome back. And thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen and to making this podcast really more than I ever could have imagined. Being able to interact with you guys on a regular basis, whether it's through your earbuds and and you listening to me right now and us being able to maybe interact over on Periscope or maybe on Snapchat now, you guys are awesome and amazing. And I just wanted to again say before before we move on here, thank you so much. You guys are really, really awesome. So, just wanted to get that out of the way, but I'm really excited that you're here because today I had a, uh, well, not today, but I, I interviewed a uh, social media expert and a lot of you have been asking, Scott, you know, like, do we use Instagram? Do we use Pinterest? What's the best uh, social media platforms that I should be, you know, going out there and, and using? And, you know, I don't really have those answers. Um, I do know how powerful social media can be, but I also know that we want to then drive them back to our own email list and we want to start building our own following and all that stuff or just get intelligence about our market. So I know that there's a lot of great things that can happen with social media, but I also know that it could be a time suck, right? There's a lot of time that goes into social social media, but there's ways that you can do it so that way there you're not having to do it all. And uh, well, rather than me kind of dive into this stuff, I should probably have Laura, uh, actually who I invited on here as a guest, Laura Roder, that is, she's a social media expert and she also created a tool that helps in this process to make it easier. And I actually use the software, it's called Edgar, and I'm going to let her explain all about that, but I'm going to also let her give us some tips, and that's what she did here on this interview, and she she was kind enough to come on, she's a busy, busy lady, and uh, she, uh, she agreed to come on and share a, a lot of knowledge about selling, you know, selling products or getting people to buy products through social media and not just maybe direct sales, which she says that you can do, but more than that. And I really love it how she breaks it down for us. And I'm really excited for you to, to kind of see exactly what she would do. And that's kind of what I did. I kind of flipped it around. I said, Hey Laura, what would you do if you were starting over right now and you had a physical product that you wanted to sell or physical products, or you had a brand, what would you do? And she goes ahead and breaks it down for us. And that's what I really love about doing these interviews is I'm I'm able to almost get a coaching call from an expert and then give it to you. And that's really what this really felt like because I was kind of doing it as far as myself. So really, really cool stuff. Now, before we uh, jump into that interview, I wanted to again say thank you for all of the people that have been reaching out to me, whether it's email, whether it's blog comments, whether it's iTunes reviews, whether it's, uh, you know, maybe on Periscope, wherever you are, I want to say thank you. And I want to give a little iTunes love. I haven't given any iTunes love in a long time. So I figured I'd give a little love right now. And just some of the most recent ones, like, you know, the titles are like, thank you, Scott. So grateful. Taking action, guys. Found myself taking tons of useful notes, golden nuggets. Take action. Listen to this podcast. Great tips. Great help and very motivational. Like these are, these are awesome. And they're, you know, they're just really, really inspiring to me. And it motivates me to want to continue this when I'm able to reach you and then hear how it's making, you know, an impact on you and your life. So the one I want to read real quick is from Tristan Summerfield. So Tristan, thank you so much for being a listener and leaving that iTunes review. She says, wow, thank you so much, Scott. I'm super grateful that you offer such detailed guidance and specific instructions for succeeding as an Amazon FBA seller. The podcast on launching strategies was most particularly useful. And I wrote out a long list of actionable steps that I'm really looking forward to implementing. 
all the shows I've listened to thus far have been filled with real steps with less emphasis on generalities and non-relatable stories. Highly recommend and five stars. So Tristan, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. I really do appreciate it. All right, guys, so if you guys have not left an iTunes review and you want to do so, please go over there and let me know what the show's doing for you and if you're enjoying it or, hey, even if you're not enjoying it, let me know, all right? So that's what I wanted to throw out there and give you guys a little bit of love out there in iTunes world and all you Periscope followers, too, that are, you know, kind of hanging out with me there. I want to thank you guys as well uh, because you guys are awesome and we see each other quite often. So I'm going to stop rambling now and I'm going to let you sit back and relax or maybe go on your run, whatever you're doing. I'm going to let you guys now listen to this awesome, amazing interview I did with a social media expert, and her name, once again, is Laura Roeder. So enjoy this interview. Well, hey, Laura, thank you so much for coming on the TAS podcast. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Scott? I am doing real good, and I'm excited to have you on because I haven't really had a social media type expert on that uh, can really talk to us about using social media, not just for, uh, I, I guess, going out there and connecting with uh, with friends and stuff like uh, a lot of people are, but really how to use it in a business. And ours is a little bit different because we are selling physical products for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, and I know that you have a lot of uh, history in, uh, in helping people um, in, in that. So maybe, I guess, uh, maybe you can just let people know a little bit about your background as far as like the social media mm-hmm. and kind of how you came on the scene there. And I, I know that now that you, you have, uh, you know, Edgar, which I'm, I'm actually a subscriber of and I use yeah, it oh. every day. So we, we could talk about that and how we can use the social media. But I really do want to kind of get behind, um, you know, really what we can do as far as taking our physical products and getting them out there in the social media world. Yeah. So my background, I've been in the social media space for as long as there has been one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I started working for myself as a web designer. And then when social media started to become interesting to small businesses in 2007, 2008, my clients were asking me about that a lot. So that's kind of where I got the idea to start doing social media consulting. So in 2009, I switched over to social media consulting, which soon became social media training and mostly online training programs. Uh, so I did that, trained small businesses about you know social media marketing and Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn um, from 2009 to, well, I guess I'm still sort of doing it. Yeah. But in, in 2014, um, I launched my first software software product, which is Edgar, which is a social media scheduling an automation tool. Um, and that's just taken off in a huge way. You know, like we'll talk about, we just do something a little bit different than none of the other tools do allowing you to build a library of content that cycles through over and over again. So we weren't the only ones that thought that was a good idea. So, um, at this point we have about 5,000 customers, you know, we just launched about a year and a half ago. So it's, it's been a fun, fast ride. Yeah, no, and I I love how your journey started somewhere and now it's it's turned, you know, somewhere else because you you kind of like fill the void in your in your own business and challenges and mm-hmm. and then from there it like you I I can I can probably say uh that you didn't, you know, look and predict this like, you know, 3 years ago and say I'm going to launch I'm going to launch a SaaS product. Yeah. Um it just kind of like it happened because of the steps that you took before that, right? I mean, if you never did social media, you wouldn't be where you are today probably, right? Exactly. You know, there's that Steve Jobs quote about how you can always connect the dots in retrospect, but you can't connect the dots at the time. And yeah, yeah, that's definitely how it's happened for me. I didn't know that I would end up running a software company, but yeah, we just saw the need for some social media software. So 
we built it and now here I am. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. And I, I kind of look at my, my story the same thing. It's kind of like how you start and then you kind of you kind of trace, you know, back to the different things, the different decisions, the different risks or different challenges that you faced and, and kind of how it does lead you through to where you are and, mm-hmm. and who knows where you're going next. Right. But it's kind of fun to enjoy that ride. And I, mm-hmm. I, I tell it to everyone, even even, uh, you know, people listening right now, it's like you're starting maybe in the e-commerce spa- space or the Amazon space, but that just might be the stepping stone to get you to where you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, all right, cool. So let's just really kind of dig in. I've got some questions for you. Um, one of them is, okay, we are, like I said, we're, we're physical product, uh, you know, businesses. Mm-hmm. And one of the challenges for us, number one, Amazon doesn't give us um, the ability to get our customer information right? Mm-hmm. We can't go and get their email addresses. We can't um, really technically, There's it's a little gray if we can actually uh, put insert cards in to get our email addresses and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's some different workarounds. And that's why we do talk about starting on Amazon, but then also, you know, then building your own channel. But what I want to do is how can we use social media? Okay. Like what would you do for the social, I mean, for the physical product business? Like what would you say would be like one thing that we could do at least to get started and that you think that could benefit a physical product business? Yeah. I mean, I think for any business, it is important to have your own blog on your own website as a home base. Uh, you know, like you pointed out with Amazon, it's a great platform for selling, but you can't build a list, right? It can, Mm. I know that it happens that Amazon, you know, creates their own competitor product or you lose, you know, your ranking for whatever reason, you don't want your whole business to be reliant on this third party channel that you really have no control over, you know? So having your own website, having your own blog where you can talk about your products and promote your products and start to build some backlinks out there. Cause that's the other thing too. You know, you might have a blog post highlighting one of your products that's linking to Amazon to buy it. But if you get some links to that blog post, well, maybe you don't sell on Amazon anymore, but those links still exist where someone can find the product on your site. And then maybe you can send them, you know, somewhere else in the future to buy it, or maybe still Amazon, but it just gives you a piece of that real estate. So, you know, I think your own website is always your home base. And then you're using social media platforms to drive traffic both to your own site uh, and directly to your product listings. Yeah, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, it seems very, you know, standard and very basic, but it's it's kind of true, right? I mean, we want that home base. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, isn't blogging dead? And I don't believe it is. I still think it's the place where your content resides. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of how do you get people over to that content? So if, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's like, okay, you want that home base with content. So I think what you're saying also is like content is probably important to start talking about your product in and helping with. So maybe you can go into a little bit about that. Like if we're, if we're selling a physical product, like what are the first stages building the content? Mm -hmm. So yeah, content is really, really important because content people link to. And actually with physical products, you sometimes have a bit of an advantage because in a services business, no one is linking to your like pricing page ever. Mm. Right, <laughs> you right, know? right. You have to create content if you want backlinks. Products, depending on the category, can be different because people often do link directly to the product, especially if we're talking about um, Pinterest. You know, there are often links directly back to the product. Um, if you have nice photos of your product that people would actually want to link to. But whether or not you're in a category where people link to you, you want to create content so that you have great shareable content. So like, you know, looking at Pinterest as an example, which I think can be a really valuable platform for e-commerce, creating um, blog posts and images where you're like showing different ways 
to use your product. Like let's say you sell something really boring, like paper clips. So people aren't, you know, pinning your paper clips to their wish list <laughs> that but, often. Well, wait, wait a minute, Laura, Laura let, let me, I, I, we have something that we share on the show because in the Amazon space too, we don't really share our products because uh. it, it kind of gets out there where people are like, you know, trying to all sell the same thing. Well, we do have something that we always say, and this will be fun, a garlic okay. press. So press. let's say I have a garlic press. All right. Yeah. I'm selling this beautiful stainless steel garlic press. You know, what do we do to make this garlic press, you know, sexy in a sense? Yeah. So, I mean, a few ideas that immediately come to mind for me. One, you could go the direction of recipes, like create mm. with garlic in particular. You know, there's that like chain restaurant, the stinking rose that's all about garlic. Yep. Like you can create a content site, all like garlic lovers. If you like an insane amount of garlic in your food, these are the recipes <laughs> yeah, for you. I love it. I like it. You know, so people are pinning them being like, oh, my God, I can't believe anyone would eat this much garlic. Yeah, yeah, right, right. (laughs) Um, Or you could also do, you know, like what are 50 different ways that you can use a garlic press, right? You could probably like press Play-Doh through it with your kids. You can (laughs) find some like craft projects. There's other food that you can mince with a garlic press. So, yeah, I think you can get really creative looking at like what type of content can I create around my product that actually would be, you know, funny or interesting or beautiful or compelling enough for people to share? Yeah, no, I think that's really, really good. And it's, it's, it's kind of comical, but it, it's actually good because like you said, you can find, I think 50 ways to use the garlic. That's great. The recipes, obviously garlic lovers. Um, that's, that's good stuff. So from what I'm hearing though, you're, you're kind of saying like Pinterest is probably a really good channel for physical product. Yeah. And again, it does depend on the category. I think like a garlic press would work because it's related to cooking. Obviously anything that looks nice, if you're selling, you know, clothes or jewelry or home goods Mm -hmm. or or anything like that, um, is just really huge on Pinterest. And it's such a cool opportunity because like I said, people do link directly back to your product, which to have people sharing pens that just, you know, link to buying you on Amazon, uh, is, is a pretty cool opportunity. So like in my space, in the software space, we we don't have an account on Pinterest for Edgar because it's really not so compelling for software. But mm. I think for e-commerce, it, it can be a really important part of the strategy. Okay. What, what's your thoughts on Instagram for physical products? Instagram also is definitely one that is uh, often more successful for physical products. So same thing. So for software, we don't personally use Instagram. I mean, you can. I've seen people get very creative with it. Mm-hmm. Instagram in particular, um, I would say even more heavily towards those beautiful products, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, those same spaces of, um, you know, fashion, home decor, stuff like that are, are huge on Instagram. Um, and I guess recipes people post on Instagram as well, or health and fitness or, or stuff like that. Instagram is tricky because, what I hate about Instagram is you can't put links in individual posts, mm, yeah. which is just like kill me as a, as a mm, marketer, you know, mm-hmm. you can only put links back in your profile link, which is pretty hard to get to. People are starting like, I'm blanking on the name. There's a startup now where you can tag things in the image and that like links back to products. So people are getting more innovative with it. But Instagram, Instagram is tricky because you can't schedule it. Like the scheduling tools that say Instagram, all they really do is like send you a reminder to pull up Instagram on your phone and post it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So you can't get that savvy marketing wise. So the the hard part about Instagram is a great platform and it's huge, but you have to be like all in with Mm -hmm. Instagram because you have to be doing it live. You have to create so much content. So 
I would honestly probably not go there first for okay. those reasons. Okay, good, good. I'm, I'm glad that you, you said that. So from what I'm hearing though, so really like Pinterest is probably, depending on the product, of course, mm-hmm. like you said, you're in software, but we're talking physical products mm-hmm. for the most part. If we're talking a sporting good uh, type thing, if you're selling a tennis racket, then you would probably have some tennis lessons or mm-hmm. this, that, or the other thing. Um, okay, cool. So um, now Pinterest also, they all do, they have, I, I don't use it personally right now for my, my e-commerce stuff. I want to, but aren't they running ads now too that go directly? Yes. Okay. So can you talk a little bit about that? Do you know a lot about that? I don't actually, I don't, I, you should have a, a different podcast. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, and I, I want to, I want to actually have a, a Pinterest expert come on mm-hmm. at, at, uh, at some point, because I think it would be fascinating to figure out a strategy to, uh, to deploy. That's not really overwhelming too. Cause we can throw all mm-hmm. this stuff out there and people get paralyzed because there's yeah. so much to do. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you're talking more on the sense of creating the content on your blog and then writing about it, maybe putting the recipes on there, but then having uh, maybe a snapshot of the recipe in a beautiful image on Pinterest mm-hmm. that links back to your blog post. Exactly. And and yeah, we've been talking about Pinterest, but you know, Facebook and Twitter are still really important tools as well. Um, and the cool thing is if you are being more image heavy, uh, images are really important on Facebook and on Twitter. And especially on Twitter, a lot of people still don't use images. And for that reason, when you're looking through your tweet stream, an image is really going to stand out because mm-hmm. most of the tweets don't have them. So if you're already kind of thinking about images as you create your content, I think that can make your content on Twitter and Facebook, even, even more compelling because you already have those images to share. Okay. And okay. So now that we're talking a little bit about Facebook, what's your thoughts on creating a fan page? Is that still, is it still good? Or is it still something we should be considering or should we just be looking at, at ads? I, I would, def- well, one, I would never create ads without creating a page because, um, ads are going to just slowly increase the likes to your page for whatever reason, when people see an ad, a certain amount of them click like Mm, on the page, like straight from the ad. So you might as well build be like, even if you didn't have an organic strategy, like just build up those likes Mm -hmm. through ads, because why not? And I just see Facebook. I don't see it just being focused on ads. It's still a great place to have kind of a piece of online real estate for your Mm -hmm. company. Mm -hmm. Um, And Facebook changes so much too is the other reason I really, when people are like, I'm shutting down my Facebook page, I'm kind of like, oh, like Mm. I feel like you might regret that because they're just constantly experimenting with like, you know, how are we going to determine reach? How, how much are we going to encourage people to do ads? And I just think we never know what the mix is going to be for Facebook in the future, but you know, it's one of like the most important sites on the internet. So yeah. to just ignore it entirely, I would just at least like have some sort of small presence there, you know? Well, and I think my thoughts on the Facebook stuff is yes, right now, like the, the reach has kind of went down a lot since we started. But the way I look at it is if you're building that fan page, you're also building a, a list that you can target in your Facebook ads because you can personally right. then target those. And a lot of people don't look at that They're like, well, you know, I'm building this thing and it's not really getting me the reach. But if you want, even for five bucks a day, you can start showing that up to your thousand or two thousand mm-hmm. uh, Facebook fan page followers. What I don't like right now currently is that you can't, at least from the time that I'm recording this, that I believe you can't target um, your ads for a group. Right. Um, right. Which, you know, that kind of stinks because group does have more engagement uh, now, at least for me, um, that I'm finding even with our podcast. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, we have a group and it's like the reach there is so much greater, I think, because people really raised their hand and wanted to join. They requested to join. Mm -hmm. Um, What's your thoughts on Facebook fan page and group? 
Yeah. I mean, groups, groups have great engagement right now. And the reason is just because Facebook is really trying to discourage marketing mm-hmm. <laughs> on groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I, on it, like truthfully, as more and more marketers embrace them, I think we'll probably see the reach drop. And that's because people come to Facebook not to be advertised to. Yeah. If Facebook was just a huge stream of ads, people wouldn't visit anymore. So yeah. I think as marketers, sometimes people are frustrated, like, oh, my reach drops or they make it so complicated. Well, if they didn't do that, there would be no one on Facebook at all, which yeah. would be even less people. So yeah, groups groups are a great format now. And that's why I just think you want to keep your options open. Like maybe at some point they would let you convert a page to a group. Like who knows what they're going to do? That's why I just wouldn't, I wouldn't ignore the whole thing entirely. Okay. Okay. No, that, that's good stuff. And while we're still on the Facebook and all of that, um, what's your thoughts on Facebook, on the videos, videos now in the, in the streams for as far as, um, whether it's you're creating one, putting it on your fan page, mm-hmm. or if you're creating one for an ad, what's your thoughts on, on the, the new video, um, option? Um, and do you mean like live or just, no, not live. Okay. Um, which one thing, let me ask you this while I catch you, maybe, you know, the answer to this, maybe you don't, what I'm not liking with the live is it's on my personal profile, but if I have a fan page or if I have a, um, a group, what if I just wanted to go with them with a live feed and not my personal profile, your personal profile, a lot of times is your friends and family, right? right? Yeah. They just changed something about they? that. Okay. I think yeah, I, and I was I thinking I was thinking eventually they probably would because mm-hmm. I don't want to broadcast to all my high school friends. Right. Right. right? But I want to I want to broadcast to my, you know, to my podcast listeners or or even my physical products business if I'm like the forefront of that. Um, so that's kind of interesting. But yeah, so if I, I would imagine eventually they would, but that mm-hmm. would be very powerful. But right now I'm not using it because it's on my mm-hmm. personal profile. Right. Right. You yeah, know? I think they I, they will change that. And I just saw they made some sort of change, but I'm not sure exactly. But no, as, as far as like, OK, let's go back to the garlic press for a second. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's say we're, we're doing a recipe or something and we're going to create a, a recipe showing how to use that. And we're going to be showing our garlic press. And then from there, we're going to take that and put it either on our Facebook fan page. Let's start there. What if we put mm-hmm. it on our Facebook fan page? Do you think that there's more reach because of you're using a video now versus an image or a or just a, a straight up text? I, it can be, but honestly, it's not like, it's not worth chasing Facebook's algorithm. Okay. Okay. So yeah, sometimes they favor videos. Sometimes they favor a single image. Sometimes they favor a gallery. Sometimes yeah. they favor a really long post. Sometimes they favor a really short post. Um, and it's constantly changing. So it is smart to take a look at your page and kind of notice like, oh, okay, what is, you know, what is getting reached? What is getting clicks? What isn't? And yeah. Yeah, you might see that videos are doing really well. What I would caution a small business against is getting too carried away chasing it, like saying like, okay, I'm going to spend $50,000 creating all these professional videos just because that's what Facebook is favoring today because it could be something different next week, you know? So if that's part of your strategy, like video is a great part of a social strategy. So if, if that's part of your strategy overall, I think it's very smart to go that way and put it on Facebook. But I just... I would caution people against doing that because video is hot right now Mm -hmm. because I've just seen everything come and go. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes, that makes sense. Um, I think like you said, you, you got to kind of go out there and, and kind of mix it up a little bit and not really Mm -hmm. chase the kind of like the SEO game as you did in Google and all that stuff. Um, okay. So before we jump into kind of learning more about the software that you made, which is amazing by the way, um, what I want to do though is let's kind of let's just play it as if you are brand new right now mm-hmm. and you just um, launched a brand new e-commerce business, mm-hmm. okay? 
And let's just say that you got your, let's just say we started on Amazon because it's so easy to get mm-hmm. started. And then we are also starting our own brand on kind of like off of Amazon. What's the first thing that you would do in, in the social media space? But then, I mean, obviously we said we create the blog, but what would be like your first thing that you'd be like, okay, this is what we need to do first. After I've made the blog, you mean? Yeah, let's just say you have the the blog, it's created, but now, okay, do you create that piece of content first and then do you go and start creating the social platform or the the social channel so you can direct it over? Like, give us just a run through, like, what's the, okay, this is what we're doing the first month. You know what I mean? Kind of get started. Yeah, so so we did this, um, we did this for Edgar because, you know, we launched a whole new brand. Yes. um, And new social channels. So what we did for Edgar is we actually started on one social network, in our case, Twitter, um, even before we launched the blog. Okay. Um, so yeah, again, I would say it kind of depends on the product, what that network's going to be. It could be Twitter, it could be Pinterest, um, but it's great to start in one place. And what I love about Twitter is that you can actually talk to people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what's different about Twitter and, and a space like Facebook or Pinterest is that on Twitter, you can follow a bunch of thought leaders in your industry. So maybe it's like chefs, cooking people, you know, cooking magazines. If, if you're doing the garlic press, um, you can follow all those people and you can actually build relationships with them. You know, mm-hmm. you can like let them know that there is a new gourmet garlic press company in town that, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. that they might be interested in. So that's what's so cool about Twitter. So we started on Twitter. We built up like a small following there, just sharing, um, you know, we didn't have our own content at that point. So just sharing content from the industry. You could also start to create some of your own little images or, you know, kind of smaller bits of content to share. Um, and then once we had a blog, that was nice because we actually had like a distribution channel for it. Mm. You know what I mean? We yeah. had, yeah. even if you have like a few hundred followers, like at least there's a few hundred people to kind of start to spread the word. Um, and then we were on Twitter for a few months before we moved to Facebook. And I also really like kind of attacking one channel at a time and, mm-hmm. and starting to build a small base because then you have people to go over to the next channel. Because if you start Pinterest, Twitter, and Facebook all at the same time, you know, it sucks when you start a new account. You're like, why am I posting? There's seven people following me. This is humiliating. Like, (laughs) yeah, you're right. You're right. It it sucks. Like that's just part of it. It just Mm -hmm. sucks for the first few months. Like it takes time to build up the audience. So if you're doing that in three places, it's kind of sucking in three places Mm -hmm. where if you're just doing Twitter, it kind of sucks on Twitter for the first three months. But then once you launch on Facebook, you have that following on Twitter where like a certain amount of those people are going to follow you to Facebook. So it's not as grim for as long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's so, that that that's that's good. So you're saying starting on Twitter, following some thought leaders, and then from there, just you can even like like you said, just repost other people's stuff, mm-hmm. like just industry type cool yeah. information. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, what are your customers interested in? They're interested in recipes, cooking news. I mean, there's no shortage of content on the internet for any <laughs> any industry. You know, it doesn't need to be your own content. So that that is where I would start. And and also the network, yeah, it depends on your product and it also depends on you. Like if you're a huge Pinterest person and you just love Pinterest and you think it's super fun, um, then that's gonna be a good outlet for you because you're actually going to enjoy doing it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think uh, you should focus on one and then move move on to the next when the time is right. And uh, so with Twitter now, just for for people to understand, like, how would they find thought leaders in their in their space? Is there is there a way that they they can do that? Yeah. So um, on Twitter, there's something called lists, and a lot of people have already made lists of um, every type of industry. Another just really easy thing to do is look at who people follow. That's a big way that we found people to follow, especially. 
a lot of influential people have like smaller lists of who they follow. Mm. It'll be a few hundred people or less. Um, so I actually just will find an influencer and then I'll just look at who they follow and just like follow, follow, follow down the list. Anyone who looks, you know, kind of mildly related. Okay. And then what that's going to do then is they, they will potentially be able to see your stuff that you post or will you actually, will you at tag them kind of like? Yeah, both. So a certain amount of people do, you know, check out who follows them and follow back. So you're going to get some follows that way. Um, and then it's just more for you to have content to engage with so that when you sign on to Twitter, you now have this list of people that are sharing content about your industry. So you can retweet them, you can talk to them, you know, you can, it's just also an easy way to find content to share there or on other platforms. It kind of gets you into that social mix of your industry very easily. Okay. Yeah, cool. Uh, that, that's great. I mean, that's again, for anyone listening, I mean, starting, I think the big thing here is, is starting on one platform. Um, especially if you know that you're really good at one, if you, maybe you're already currently good, then, then go with that one for right mm. now. But Twitter, like you said, is, is a good one. And I literally just started not even but a year ago, starting to really start to focus a little bit more on Twitter. I've kind of fallen in love with Periscope myself for my podcast. Mm. Um, and then just now Snapchat, which I never thought I would do. And now I'm kind of taking, like you said, taking people from Periscope and letting them mm. know about Snapchat. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So right. it's kind of exactly what you just said. And I think that's, that's awesome. But now that we have all this stuff going on, let's say we start getting all these different social medias, uh, you know, media platforms. Now we got to manage it and now we mm-hmm. have to find content. And this is where Edgar comes in. So yes. let's kind of talk a little bit about this and why you created it. Yeah. So Edgar, so I mentioned that I was doing training before Edgar. Yes. So Obviously, as a social media training company, we, you know, were and are very heavy on our own social media marketing. So I had developed this process and this workflow to manage our social media because it's a big, complicated task, as mm-hmm. anyone knows who's mm-hmm. ever done it. Sure. Um, and the process I created, I had this giant spreadsheet um, and I divided all of our updates into different categories so each column was a different category full of updates um, and then we would like cycle through them. We would mark them off as we went. So we had to copy and paste each update into a social media scheduling tool. If there was an image that was just like a disaster because there was no easy way to do that. Right. We had to keep track of what we'd posted. There was no easy way to get the right mix. So in copying and pasting, I would be like, okay, I'm going to choose one from this column and two from this column and like hope the day kind of turns out with a mix that I want. Um, and it was just so much manual labor and it just seemed really, there were a few things that cut just seemed really odd. I mean, one was always like, why do I have a spreadsheet of my social media updates <laughs> when I pay for a social media tool? Right. Like, why can't the tool hold the updates? That just seemed so weird to me. Um, and then being able to cycle through content was the other, the other big one because five to 10% of your audience on any given network sees any update that you post. Right, right. So to put your blood, sweat and tears into creating this update, send it out once and never again, it just doesn't make sense. So for a long time, we've been cycling through our updates, you know, just creating a bunch of content in one category and then just going through it. So repeating the same content um, and the tools didn't and, and still don't, except for Edgar, have a just really easy way to do that. Yeah. And I think what I really liked about that, um, about the tool itself is number one that, like you said, you can recycle it because let's face it, you know, you've had new people coming in all the time to your, your right. social media, but you also have people that are in your social network, like you said, that don't see it. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, most but, yeah, most people don't see it. So for you to put something back that you're like, I don't want to bother people, but really you're not because if someone else seen it even a week from now or two weeks from now or even four weeks from now, they're probably not going to remember that they seen it because they have so much that they're that they're seeing. But also you're going to get a, a lot of people that haven't seen it before. So it's like new to them or it's like, oh, I must have missed that. Um, so I really liked it because when you create this content, you know, or if you're paying to have the content create, which we didn't even talk about because a lot of people are like, well, how am I going to create content? Well, you can pay people to do it for you um, and, and actually create that content or put it on your blog. And when that happens, it's, you know, it's there and you created it. You spent time or you spent money on that. Why just bury it, right? Bring it back to the surface. And I love it how you can put them in categories. Why don't you talk a little bit about kind of like the buckets that you kind of created and that, you know, in the software so that way there are kind of picks. You don't have to really say, oh, I want to do, you know, let's see, blog post number 14. You can just say, I want something in this category and I want to pull something out of that category and plug it in on that particular day. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Right. So in Edgar, all your content is divided into categories. We have some default ones to help you kind of wrap your mind around it, or you can change them to whatever you want. So the categories are things like my blog posts, my podcasts, other people's content, promotional content. Um, And then if you want to get more detailed, you can say, okay, here's my blog posts about e-commerce. Here's my, you know, blog posts about advertising. Uh, you, you can divide it up however you want. And so you create a library of content within that category. So blog posts is always just like the really easy home run. Like I think almost everyone out there would get a return on their investment if they just loaded their blog mm. um, into Edgar. Because what we see all the time, people come to us and they're like, oh my God, since I started using Edgar, I quadrupled my traffic from social to my blog. Mm. And I'm like, I know why it's because you post links four times as much. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You know, like it's not that complicated. People don't think of it that way, but yeah, if you double the frequency that you're posting links to social, you will get double the traffic. And and we just see it very consistently, um, with, with our customers. So those are the categories you fill them up with content and then you go to your schedule and you create a schedule based on a category instead of, you know, based on an individual update. So you go in and you say, okay, every weekday morning, I want to share a post from my blog on Tuesday and Thursday afternoons. I want to share a promotion to my book. And so Edgar just goes through and pulls the content for you. So instead of like a queue that runs out and you have to refill or manually scheduling, copying, pasting each update, Edgar goes in, finds the content for you and posts it for you. Yeah. And I think that's brilliant because like you said, maybe there's only five posts into a category that you've already got there because you haven't created more in that. Once it goes to the bottom of that list, it just goes back and Mm -hmm. and picks again or goes to the top of the queue. And that way you never run out of content in there and you're not kind of just standing still. Um, Let me ask you this. How, how, um, I guess how many times a day, I know it varies, but mm-hmm. if she is four times a day too much, is it too no. little? Uh, no. no, like what would you say? Like someone in e-commerce, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they, they, again, they've created some, some great content around recipes and they want to post it on Facebook, like, mm-hmm. or Twitter, like how many times should we posting that, you know, or pulling from a bucket and then posting in these different platforms? It's actually it's actually hard to post too frequently, believe it or not, just oh. just because of how quickly these feeds go by. So if you're posting something to Twitter, you know, let's say you're posting it like every single hour all day. Most people sign on to Twitter in five minute increments. Wow, you know? okay. Yeah. So you like the weird thing about Twitter is you're just hoping for sort of this happenstance that they're signing on during that same five minute window that you're sending something out because, <laughs> mm-hmm. because otherwise they won't see it. So the, the frequency 
really depends a lot more on how much content you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what I like to aim for. So in Edgar, you can think of how often things repeat. I like to have like three months worth of content that's being cycled through because then it only repeats four times a year, which is nothing. Right. We also have customers who repeat things a lot more. I've seen customers that have content that repeats like every two to three weeks. And you would be surprised, like you would be surprised they get the same engagement on it every time, even if it was only posted two or three weeks ago. Cause wow. I've looked in the account and I've seen it. They post a tweet, they post the exact same tweet two weeks later. It gets like same retweets, same clicks um, it's fascinating. Wow. So again, people are scared of, of repeating too much. I found that you really have to get like pretty obnoxious. Like if you repeat the same exact same update every hour all day, that is too much. Right, right, um, right. Most, most people can repeat a lot more heavily than they do without anyone noticing or caring or like we have this weird idea like what happens if they see something I've already posted? And what happens is no one cares. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no one cares if you posted that a few weeks ago. Like why, why would they care? Maybe they didn't click on it before. They did this time. Maybe they already clicked on it and they're like, oh yeah, I liked that article. Maybe they share it this time because they liked it. I mean like any of these, like all we see on the internet is the same content repeated over and over again. That's kind mm. of how the internet works. That's how people decide if something is good is if they see it repeated a lot. So people have this weird idea for their own content. Like the crowds are going to revolt and that just, just doesn't happen. Yeah. And okay. So what, what social media platforms currently is Edgar supporting? So with Edgar, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Oh, okay. Okay. So then um, if we go Twitter, we've got that. Now on Twitter, let me ask you this real quick, just randomly. Um, do you think it's best to have as a company, um, a company brand name, if that's your thing? Or do you think it should be more of the person that's supporting the brand? Either either one. Um, if you have a person who's kind of like a thought leader, uh, that just works well in marketing. Okay. Uh, honestly, people, people like to connect with a person sure. in Edgar. We've done it under the company name because that's what makes sense for our positioning. You know, I also have my own social media account. So yeah, you can go either way. I do think it's always really on any channel. It's always a little easier to get traction if you're positioned as a person rather than a company, honestly. Oh, okay. Okay. And so, okay. So right now though, too, so Pinterest isn't really in the plans because that's really like you pin it and you're kind of done, right? Well, the thing with Pinterest is just a whole different beast. Like, okay. you know, our customers ask us a lot, like, when are you adding Pinterest? But then when we talk to people that actually do marketing on Pinterest, um, they always use like Tailwind or one of the dedicated tools. Okay. Uh, because Pinterest is just like, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn are all more or less the same. Like you post a text-based update to the network. Mm-hmm. Um, Pinterest, one, you have like 50 plus boards. You yeah. have root boards you need to pull natively from a site. Yeah, repeating is just different because people often are looking through a board rather than right. their feed. Right. Um, so you can repeat on Pinterest, but yeah, it's just, it's just a different animal. I think the strategy then would be to then just link over to your Pinterest you know, whatever your, your page or your, or your board or whatever, if you have that in, in, um, you know, in your feed, if we have a link that goes over to a certain board, like just updated my board exactly. or something like that. Exactly. Okay, cool. And one last thing, and I know that you got to run, but, um, a, a, one of our biggest struggles as, as, you know, physical product owners again is building an email list. And mm. do you feel like using sh- social media is still a viable option to build that email list? A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. I think it's really, I mean, social media is a traffic driver. Um, and something that I would recommend with Edgar is creating a list building category. So having Mm. a category in Edgar where you're driving people 
to, you know, specific like list building landing page pages, okay. whether it's just signing up for your newsletter, you know, free report, whatever that is. Coupon. Recipes. <laughs> right. Mm. We could do we could do uh, garlic press recipes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So so basically taking someone from social and then like you said, you can have like a whole category that's just kind of like list building and you can filter them in and cycle mm. them through. So that's like one of your buckets, one of your categories. Um, okay, cool. That's, that, that's awesome. And I, I think we could probably talk to hours about that, but, uh, to respect your time, I want to say thank you once again, um, Laura for coming on and sharing some of your expertise. If you do know of anyone that would want to come on and talk a little bit about Pinterest, I'd love to reach out to someone in that, uh, in that field as well, because I think that's a huge, uh, a huge driver for traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to, I, I want people to understand though, too, what this is, this tool, which I love about it. It's like you've hired a VA that's actually mm-hmm. doing the work for you. Right? Yeah, we actually get like guilty emails. People are like, I feel like I shouldn't say this, but I fired my VA since I bought your tool. <laughs> but you could hire a VA to manage Edgar. Yeah, they wouldn't have a whole lot to do. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, lo- loading the content is is um, the part that takes that takes work, but you can use RSS feeds, you can use spreadsheets. But yeah, I mean, Edgar really replaces the manual labor of, of scheduling every update. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it. I use it. Uh, and it's, it is, it's brilliant. And uh, I probably should be going in there and updating, um, how often I do post. Cause I don't think I post as much as you said that I probably could. So I might just test that and play around mm-hmm. with that. But mm-hmm. yeah, totally appreciate you coming on. Is there any last little bits of advice that you would give someone that, uh, that is planning to start using social to drive traffic to their, their e-commerce business? I mean, just dive in and experiment is, is the biggest thing. You know, I think people, like we said, get very overwhelmed by social. Mm. People often are very all or nothing, which is another problem we wanted to solve with Edgar. They're like really gung ho and they're posting five times a day for two weeks. And then they're like, I can't keep that up. And they get burnt out and they don't post anything. So it's much better to figure out how you can do it in a way that's actually sustainable for you. Even if that means just one network, if that means posting less often, it's, it's better to like do it consistently than it is to be in everywhere online. Yeah, no, I I love that. It's kind of like the compound effect, you know, just a little bit at a time, slow and steady. And uh, that's what wins the race. So uh, I appreciate it, Laura. I I really do. And I know that the the listeners are going to uh, be able to take something away here and actually apply it. So I appreciate it. If anyone wants to uh, get in touch with you or learn more about Edgar, um, how would they do that? Yeah, so you can find Edgar at meetedgar.com or find us at Meet Edgar on Twitter or Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at LKR. Okay, cool. One last question. I should have asked you this before. How did Edgar get its name? Edgar got its name. <laughs> it, was, it was a code name we were using internally, like while we were kind of figuring out if we were going to do the project, it kind of needed a name. So okay, okay. We just called it a person's name that we thought sounded sort of like an old man name. I love it. Um, and then we went through a kind of formal branding process. And as a company, we brainstormed a ton of names and we just didn't like any of them as much as Edgar. So we're like, maybe we'll just call it Edgar. And it seems to work. People seem to remember it. I, I think it's brilliant. I love it. I actually, I do. And, uh, I think that's a cool story because a lot of people don't, don't realize where it came from. And I was curious. So there you go. Uh, all right. I appreciate it, Laura. have a amazing rest of your day and, um, look forward to catching up with you sometime in the future. Thank you. 
Okay, so there you have it. There is another great interview, a great coaching call, I guess you could say, uh, and we're able to learn together by me having someone like that on. And I do in the future want to have people that are even more specific in an area, like maybe a Pinterest expert or maybe an Instagram expert or a Twitter expert. I want someone else to come on in these fields. So this way here, we can really drill down and hone in on what we can do inside of our businesses. Now, let me just put up the little timeout thing. You guys can't see me doing this, but I'm like, hey, coach, timeout. We need timeout right now. We got to time this out right now because if you're brand new and you're just starting and you just listen to that, a lot of that isn't going to pertain to you right now. And I don't think it should. I think that stuff there is down the line. I think that there is when you start uh, to see that a product starts to get some momentum. You start to see that you validated, you verified a market and it's worth you going into deeper. That's when we start thinking about these social media channels or building an email list or any of that stuff. So I always tell people, if you listen to something like that and you get all overwhelmed, don't. Time out it, right? Time out. You do not have to do that, all right? The great thing about Amazon is being able to take a product and launch it to an audience of people that are already buying products. So you can test and validate really, really quickly. But then once we test that, yes, we can start thinking, uh, you know, once we get momentum, of course, then we can start thinking if we want to be able to build our own channel, right, on e-commerce. And that's that's kind of what the TAS is going to be starting to do here eventually. I'm going to be sharing with you some of the other things that I'm currently doing, which I've kind of already done a little bit, but I'm even going to be going further in that direction because that's where the direction is going for me as well. So why not share that? But I still always even right now, to launch a product to test a market is going to start on Amazon. There's no reason to not do that because the traffic is already there. So why not do that? All right. So I just wanted to again say just, you know, time out if if you're feeling like overwhelmed or we just covered a bunch of stuff that you're like, you don't want to have to learn. Don't worry about it. All right. But if you are at the level where you have validated and you verified and you're like, okay, I want to start taking this thing to the next level. I want to start building out some social media channels. Pick one that you feel like your audience would be on, right? Pinterest is a different marketplace or a different platform for different products. Go over there. Start doing some investigation work over there, right? Maybe go to Instagram. See what that's doing. See what your audience is doing over there. And then just start listening to the conversations. Start being part of that community. And from there, you can start to learn how you can make your products better or your services better. See what other people are doing. See what you can do better. All of that stuff. It's a great way to be able to tap into your market without you even being in that market yet. So I would say there's a lot of different things we can use it for, but again, don't get overwhelmed with you know social media at this stage. And when you do get ready to do social media, I would say go after one channel to start and then dominate that channel. All right. So uh, and just like Facebook, all of that stuff. Right. So, all right, guys, that is going to wrap up this uh, this podcast, which I think was amazing. Now, let me just remind you, if you guys are brand new and you wanted to get caught up to speed like really fast as far as like how to test and validate a product, I created a free resource for you. It's a free 10-day course and you can sign up totally free by heading over to free privatelabelcourse.com. Okay, that's free privatelabelcourse.com and what that will be is a 10-day course that will run you through exactly what to do from start to launch. 
okay, of that product. And then it'll also give you some things to do once you get launched. So again, I would just love to extend that to you. If you want to come over and go through that 10 day course, you're more than welcome to it. And I created that for people that are just starting. So definitely, definitely a great resource for you to take, uh, and then get caught up to speed relatively quickly. All right. And, uh, the last thing I just want to say is thank you once again to everybody that is listening, that is, uh, giving iTunes reviews or that is commenting on Periscope or Snapchat or Facebook, wherever you guys are connecting. I want to say thank you once again, keep the conversation going and you can always do that over on our Facebook page as well. And that's at theamazingseller.com forward slash F as in Frank, B as in boy, and there's a great community over there of over 26,000 TASers. So definitely go over there and uh, join in on the conversation. All right, guys, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you, but you have to. You have to. Come on. Say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right here on the next episode.